Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Melissa Koch. And Melissa, in addition to being the first person I've interviewed that went to the University of Maine, has a really interesting professional story, which has really led to some very innovative work she and her company are doing in compliance. So I was really gratified when she was able to take some time to sit down with me today. So Melissa, first of all, for that incredibly long-winded introduction, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you so much for having me, Tom. This is a wonderful opportunity. We're big fans of the podcast. Oh, well, thank you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Certainly. So I'm a business technology and data lawyer by trade. I've been doing it for 20 years, so I'm dating myself a little bit, but it gives you a sense of how much change I've been able to see in the world of compliance and how companies interact with one another. And from the vantage point that I've had from both being a law firm lawyer as well as an in-house lawyer, I've seen a lot of change and I've seen a lot of different ways that companies interact with one another. And especially when it comes to compliance, it's a whole different world than it was even just five years ago. And so having a front row seat on technology and having a front row seat on how organizations interact with one another, it's been a wonderful career and it's been very gratifying. And it's been something that I think has really been a driver of what we've done at Infront. So one of the things that intrigued me about you and your story is or was the intersection of law tech and data that you had in your practice when you were out practicing law, but now in your company as well. So how did you get interested in that intersection? So again, for me, it's very organic. And as a lawyer, I'll speak first. It's always at the intersections that I think the most interesting things happen. So when you start to see how the dots connect, when you start to see how the communication flows, or in a lot of instances doesn't flow, you start to see how these ecosystems evolve. And that's translated into Infront. So Infront Compliance is is our company that I'm the CEO of. And being able to see how all of the different touch points need to interact with one another to create an environment of communication, to create an environment of collaboration, that's really what becomes very visible when you view compliance as an ecosystem and when you view the intersection of data and technology and compliance as one as a unified field, so to speak. That's really interesting because I couldn't really figure out how you came up with the next step, but I have to say now it's much clearer. You're the only person and the only company I've seen talk about collaborative vendor risk management. Obviously, there are lots of risk management companies out there. and They talk about having relationships with your vendors, being a part of an ecosystem, but you use the word collaborative. So I'd like to focus on that and just ask you, what is collaborative vendor risk management? Absolutely. Absolutely. So collaborative risk management, collaborative vendor risk management in particular, really takes an approach that, and, and I mentioned the word ecosystem before, but really takes the approach that, that compliance is an ecosystem. There's so many stakeholders. 
And I'll provide a little context. And you asked me about my career before. And for me, I saw an inflection point probably five to seven years ago, where you saw just a massive spike in data collection. And you also saw a massive spike in systems access. So now you really had a number of different stakeholders interacting with one another when it comes to compliance. So it wasn't just the compliance team. It wasn't just the legal team. It was now the IT team. It could be the finance team. It could be procurement often, which is a lot of who we deal with, which is the procurement folks who never signed up to be compliance folks. But because of the nature of the products and services that they're procuring, now they have to think about those things. And so when we talk about collaborative compliance in particular, it's a way to facilitate lines of transparency between all the relevant stakeholders so that you're getting much better sight lines, much better transparency, and much more reliability and consistency in what your overall compliance posture looks like. And at foundation, it really is about communication and making sure you know who's involved, what they're doing, and having those sight lines and having that visibility to make much more informed decisions and really take a much different view on how to manage the compliance landscape. Another thing that really intrigued me about the approach of Infront is its foundation of data. Mm -hmm. I say that as a lawyer who can add two and two with a calculator. (laughs) So that is not a skill I was taught when I went to law school, but you guys really embrace it as a part of this collaborative ecosystem. How does the data work into it? Certainly. So what we have found, and I think this might resonate with some of your listeners, is that many organizations, even they'll do what we call one size fits none compliance. So what that means in real life is they'll have a very lengthy checklist or a very lengthy spreadsheet that covers all different kinds of requirements, no matter what a particular vendor or particular stakeholder is doing. And so it comes from a good place. I don't want to necessarily say that it's a bad thing, but what it doesn't give you are the data points to make better decisions. So you're not able to use those types of tools to get the granularity and get the visibility. You need to make informed decisions. And in a dynamic work environment, which we're we're all in these days, it's really important to have the data you need to make the appropriate assessments that match the risk profile for your organization. So when we say we use data and embrace data, it's because you really can't get that transparency and make those informed decisions without it. So understanding and mapping out and designing assessments to be able to extract that data and be able to use that data to be able to design reports so that you can easily see where you have gaps and where you're okay, to be able to add dynamic logic into your assessment capabilities so that you're not fatiguing your stakeholders and yet you're still getting the information that you need to make informed decisions. That's what we're talking about about. And like you, Tom, we're lawyers, myself, my co-founder is a lawyer as well. So that's not something that is necessarily as emphasized in the legal profession as, as perhaps it will be now or going forward. But it's critical in being able to understand what's relevant for you, what's relevant for your organization, and what the key factors are in the decisions that if you're in-house compliance or in-house legal, you're being tasked to make. So for us, making that whole process more accessible, making that whole process more understandable is critical. I come out of the energy industry. I've generally worked in that as a recovering trial lawyer. And then when I went in the in-house world and in the early 2000s, 
companies were trying to move to a real-time data assessment around safety on drilling rigs and on large production facilities. Here we are in 2020, and we're actually moving to real-time in vendor management. So Mm -hmm. I was wondering, how does your message of real-time vendor management resonate with your clients, and do they see the real value in getting that data in real-time? Yeah, so there are a couple ways that what we approach it from in front that I think are really important. And what we do, just to be clear, we're an online assessment and reporting tool. And we maintain libraries of assessments and we create these assessments for organizations that operate in or with other organizations that are in heavily regulated industries. So when we talk about real time, one of the ways that we mean real time is making sure you're staying current on what the requirements are. I come from supply chain, so health and safety is a critical one for sure. But there are lots of other industries that are tasked with keeping up to speed in a very fast-paced, fast-changing regulatory environment. Financial services, for example, there are over 200 rule changes every single day. So keeping up with what those are, keeping up with whether or not that affects your overall compliance requirement set and your compliance posture is a really big deal. And it's really hard to do. And so when we talk about real time, part of it is making sure you're staying current with what the assessment land and assessment requirements are in the first place. And so that's part one. And that's part of what we do as the service that we provide at Infront. The other piece is what we'll characterize as a continuous culture of compliance and making sure that you have a way in to see and have those what I call sight lines or transparency lines in to see where you might have compliance gaps and whether that's with a third party vendor or even internally because our platform can be used for internal assessments as well. It's a way to, again, foster a much more easily managed compliance system so that you can see where you have gaps are and make sure you close them and get ahead of it before you have a problem. So if I could turn now to policy management, implementation, and change management, how do you see that making companies more business resilient? I guess everybody has to say, particularly in the time we're in. Mm-hmm. So business resiliency, I think, is a hot topic amongst many organizations right now, and it should be. So At its core, for those who aren't completely familiar with the concept of resiliency, I'll put it in kind of very plain language terms. It's the idea that if something happens to your business that impacts your overall operations, that you can bounce back quickly, assuming that you can't deflect it altogether. So making sure you are able to, you know, in this case with COVID, making sure that you have a workforce that is remote work enabled was a big one for many organizations to feel resilient. But that's just the tip of the iceberg for a lot of organizations. So when we talk about resiliency and policy development and change management, it really all goes together to make sure that your organization has what it needs to effectively navigate all the changes that could come at you at any given moment. So one of the things that we've seen and one of the things that we really value organizations taking a dynamic and what we call very practical approach to policy development. And what that means, again, I'll give it by contrast, is we've seen a lot of organizations invest heavily in policy sets that, you know, take up a ream of paper and they go in a drawer. Nobody ever reads them. Nobody ever really thinks about how they're relevant to the organization or not. Nobody makes an informed decision as to whether those policies really and truly get at what they're intended to for that particular organization. And that's a problem. And it's a big problem when things go wrong and you need that policy. 
And so in contrast, what we've seen for those organizations that are adaptable and fluid in their ability to navigate change are policies that live and breathe with the organization. So they are created specifically for that organization and how that organization does business, but they also have built into the policy regular review periods, whether that's annual or more frequently than annual. It gets reviewed at the highest levels. It makes sure that everything is accurate and reflective of how that organization does business. And when it's not, then it changes. And so when things go wrong or when things become super challenging, like we've seen with COVID, Those policies are there to help support the organization when there's been a stress event for the organization. And it takes one thing off the plate of the organization because someone's already thought it through. And it doesn't mean that it's always matched perfectly, but at least it's done in a thoughtful way that actually supports the organization as opposed to a a check the box exercise or something else that really just doesn't add value or support an organization in times of change. Well, so we're nearing the end of our time, but I wanted to ask, are there two or three consistent questions you're receiving from your clients and your customers around the collaborative vendor management or just even vendor management in this particular time that you could share with us? Absolutely. So we're seeing a lot, obviously, in the cybersecurity space. So again, there's been a spotlight with COVID in particular to make sure that systems are secure. We're having a whole new security standard that's being flowed down through the Department of Defense called the CMMC. So we're getting a lot of questions around cybersecurity and making sure, especially if you're an organization, a small to mid-sized organization, where this is relatively new to you, what it all means, how to approach it. And that's something that we do at Infront, which is we make our assessments very plain language and very approachable. But making sure you understand what's relevant for you and for your organization and how to meet the requirements are questions that we get on a regular basis. The other question that we get is, okay, so if I'm at a particular compliance spot here and I know I want to get to another compliance spot where we look at compliance as a maturity cycle, much like the cyber professionals do, they look at cybersecurity as, as a maturity cycle. How do you do that? How do you achieve that for your organization? Where do you start? And I think the important thing there is to make sure you start with your policies, you start with your assessment tools, you start with those platforms and other services that make your ability to move forward and progress in the compliance journey much more accessible and much more meaningful. So those are the kinds of questions that we get in addition to a lot of specific, well, what I'll call regulatory specific or industry specific compliance questions, which we also field. But those are the more general ones that we're seeing, especially now when people are thinking through how to build trust, how to make sure their organizations are resilient, and how to put the right programs in place and right products and services in place to really support them on their compliance journey. Melissa, unfortunately, now we are at the end of our time, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted additional information on Infront. Where could they go? Or they wanted to contact you directly. Could they do so? And if so, how? So yes, on both fronts. So our website is www.infrontcompliance.com, all one word. That's I-N-F-R-O-N-T, compliance.com. And then I'm always happy to answer questions. So you can reach me directly. It's Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A, at infrontcompliance.com. Melissa, this has just been a fascinating interview, and I hope we can continue the conversation in the future. Uh, We certainly hope so as well. Thanks so much for having me. 
If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.